Fucking money doesn't grow on trees, bitch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of Overly Honest Dads. This is episode 19, isn't it, Magnus? It is indeed, yeah. Great, fantastic. Welcome to the podcast. If you haven't heard us before, uh, Overly Honest Dads is a podcast that aims to give you an honest viewpoint of what fatherhood and parenthood in general is really like, where you tell it exactly like it is. My name is Matt, and I'm your host, and I'm joined, as ever, by Magnus. Hi, guys. And John. Hello. How are we doing, everyone? Yeah, not too bad. Awesome. Not too bad. Awesome. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, good, good. Although my microphone's in a different position to normal, um, it's sort of sticking up somewhat phallically, and I, I'd be lying if I if I said it didn't make me feel slightly uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm not in my usual position and rhythm, but hey, we'll get through this. I think it looks impressive. We'll get through this. We've done this 18 times already, so I'm sure that we can uh, manage the 19th. I've loved everyone. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, so in terms of this episode, then, um, uh, if you've been listening to some of our recent segment-based episodes, you'll know what to expect. We're going start out with dad news then john is going to give us his first ever product review which will be exciting john what are you reviewing i am reviewing rocket book rocket book which is a notepad okay exciting we're reviewing so many exciting products last week we reviewed a hoover and and this week we're reviewing a notepad i bet you guys out there listeners you're full of excitement right now i bet you can barely contain yourself i know i can't um once we've done the review then we're gonna episode uh, we're gonna <laughs> review with this guy <laughs> I like it. <laughs> then we're going to review episode four of uh, Babies, um, the Netflix documentary. We watched it together today and um, we it was a bit of a disaster because Magnus spilled a drink, food arrived, um, uh, John and Magnus were showing each other memes. We didn't get fr- quite through to the end of the episode, but we'll cover the bits that we did. Because um, shit. And then uh, <laughs> that, yeah, John's giving you a preview of his thoughts. Uh, it was a goddamn disaster. I'm sitting here in wet fucking underwear. Yeah, he's got marmalade vodka. Surprised you haven't taken them off yet, darling. That Well, hey. uh, uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe. He's that got marmalade vodka just to all shout over out his crotch. Yeah, it's really tasty. Yeah, so, it is. Thank um, you, Wyatt. And Magnus's crotch has had a big taste of it tonight. Um, and then we're going to round off the episode uh, with "Am I being unreasonable?" as has now become tradition. Um, so we're going to kick off with dad news, and this week Magnus is going first. So Magnus, give us your dad news. I am sick of food time with Quinn. I, I, I want to kill myself. I was ruffling through drawers for the receipt to take back this child because she's so messy. Oh no! It's ludicrous. Do, do you have experience with this with your children? Are your kids like mega, mega messy? Like take the my daughter messy. is. And how does it work? Like what, it what works that her brother goes around to her bedroom and cleans up. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. He doesn't like stuff untidy, and if he knows her room's untidy, he'll go. Oh, to but we're talking about meal times. Oh. No, yeah, I I'm me- talking about meal, meal times. Meal times. Meal times. I, thought me- I thought you said but that, messy. That's an interesting point. I thought you said messy as in she's messy in general. I didn't realise meal time. I didn't hear that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, when, when we're having food. I was food, paying she- attention. Sorry. <laughs> Shit. No, it's fine. It's fine. But I'm very impressed. That's, yeah. that's that's quite good. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's an absolute maniac when it comes to food. She will pick up the food, give it a chew if she doesn't like it. It doesn't go back on a plate or the table. It goes on a fucking floor. And she And the thing is, she will search for the floor to put it on. Mm. She'll search for it. And, and, and that shows add, attitude already, mate. To add, she'll look at me in the fucking eye and do it. And this kills me mm. every single time. And I've read up on how you can try and uh, fix it. And half of the things online um, say, uh, no, no, no hitting children, no hitting children. Um, half of the things online say, just deal with it. It's something that they grow out with. Yeah, it's a phase. It's yeah, a phase. It um, she's been doing it her entire life of 18 months. And it's probably because it's my problem. I, I'm not a messy eater. I've never, never have been. I like things to be very clean 
almost sterile, maybe mm. to a fault. Um, I'm also aware of that, and I realise she shouldn't be in a sterile environment. But at the same time, it's like she takes the piss with it, mm-hmm. uh, and I have no idea what to do. She, uh, she's she's a joker. She loves it. She mm. laughs so much. Um, but Chris yeah. grew out of it the moment his daughter, his sister was born, because. Mm-hmm. He basically was looking for attention. He was like, oh, look how tidy I am. Look at me. Look at me. Doesn't you, baby? No, but look at me. Look, I'm being tidy. I'm doing everything you tell me. And uh, he grew out of it completely. Like uh, The moment Sienna was born, he stopped doing that. He stopped doing a bunch oh, of things brilliant. that he was meant to do. Yeah. Emily stopped doing it recently, maybe in the last couple of months. She did it yeah. for a while. Okay. Like She'd just hold her hand out off the side of the of the, uh, of <laughs> yeah, the, of the chair that? and then look, look me in the eye and then just drop it as if to say, what Fuck are you going to do? What are you going to do, Daddy? Talking to me. Oh, oh, you can't stop me. I'm going to drop it. Look, I dropped it. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it just exactly went. Oh, it, what Quinn does. It just went away. Um, yeah. It just went away at some point. Me, mm. me and Alex would always say, "No, that's not good. That's naughty." Mm. Um, there's no discipline other than just saying it's naughty yeah. and don't do it. Um, and yes, yeah, she just stopped. At some but they point. also yeah. look for the reaction as well. So if you don't mm. react, they'll stop doing it. I think that's do the you other find thing. that like with their grubby hands, they will try and grab everything? Yes, like, yes. Mm-hmm. They're discovering the, the world, walls, man. everything, yeah, yeah. and it's just. It's crazy, man. Um, I'm having a hard time with that. Uh, but I don't. It's it, it, normal. It, it's a phase. Yeah, I know. I know. But it doesn't give you much solace. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just sucking it up. But Jesus Christ, when I'm tired and it's like 7.30 in the morning and we have to feed her and she's doing that, uh, yeah, it touches a nerve. Yeah. All can, in all, I can, it's good. I can imagine that. Yeah. Cool. Okay, then. Well, John, what, what have you got to tell us this week? Uh, my older son has discovered the value of money, which is quite interesting. So he comes over to me uh, yesterday and he goes, Papa, which winds me up because he's meant to say Papa in Italian and he sounds like a middle-class little git. It's overly honest dads, not overly honest papas. <laughs> really winds me up. Um, but anyway, he comes over to me because, oh, dad, oh, this mech, this Lego Ninjago mech and this this and that and the other. I was like, oh, yeah, let's have a look at it. So I looked it up on a computer, brought Amazon. And he's just like, oh, wow, yeah, that one, that one's 67 quid. Oh, oh that one, 40 quid. And I was just like, oh, how much money have you got in your in your savings with all the chores you've been doing? I don't know, I counted the day, 19. And I said, how much is that? 60 cents. How long did it take you to get to 19 pounds? Oh, yeah, it's really expensive, isn't it? I was like, yeah. So you can't buy it, can you? Because you can't afford it. Oh, but daddy, I thought you would buy it. I was like, no, you got to understand the value of money. So do you have some money to contribute to it? And then he just started laughing because he realized I was being sarcastic. But he realized, he's like, oh, no, no, I'll probably go for the one for £17 because it's, it's a nice dragon and all the rest of it. I'm going to get him the mid-range one next month for sure. But it's the fact that he finally realized that, you know what? Fucking money doesn't grow on trees, bitch. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it was just sort of like, yeah, I'll buy the £17 one. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, because you can't fucking afford the rest of it. It's not like you can get everything you want. And that's I think cool. that's, that's a nice realize. Mind you, he's eight. Mm. He's, he's nine, geez. He's nine, so you know it, it, he's starting to understand certain things, which mm-hmm. I thought was quite cool. And now he's doing chores, and he's going to pay for them in order. And nice. he's the tidy one that goes to tidy sister's room and uh-huh. likes the Hoover and all the rest. So it's nice to give him money because you know appreciation for doing some work. Uh-huh. And so how much? How much is he? What, what's his labour cost? He gets like a pound. I mean, I, I mean, as I said, Good value for I think next month we're going for the sweatshop uh, project plan, and then sort of see where we go from. <laughs> no, no, but I like I'm it. really happy that he un- he has an understanding of work and what it means to work and get money and stuff yep. like that. So that's cool. Good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. How about you, Matt? Awesome. So yeah, my my uh, yeah, they they can actually fucking segue, babies. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, they're high fiving because 
they threw it over to me in a smooth way, uh, which I, we, just for these guys, I suppose, is an achievement. We'd we come a long way since our early episode where I'd just yeah, be we, sitting no, here. Nobody wanted to hear from Matt. I'd be sitting here waving at them and they'd just be chatting some absolute shit that I'd have to <laughs> just endure. Um, anyway, let me get on with it. So my dad news is related to um, something I saw on Netflix this week. So um, uh, my usual, our usual routine here is my wife would go to bed around nine-ish and then I'd go and chill out by myself for a few hours. I'm a bit of a night owl. Um, and and I went up and put ne- uh, open Netflix and a new Transformers show was there on, on, on the Netflix. And straight away, something rose in me, not physically, emotionally, uh, something rose <laughs> in me uh, to say, wow, like the Transformers was the first thing that I remember really loving. Like the really? original cartoon, the toys. I used to love that shit. Like, you know... Um, Optimus Prime, Ultra Magnus, Magnus, yeah, yeah. Ultra, absolutely, yeah. Decepticon. I kept thinking yeah. about you because Ultra Magnus yeah. is in this in the show, indeed. And I kept wondering what would an Ultra version of my Magnus look like? <laughs> like Bigger Afro, yeah, a planet of the giant forest, just just a chrome absolutely. Afro, yeah, just chrome metallic Afro. chrome Afro. Yeah. Do you remember um, when we were younger and you used to use Decepticon for saying women they look good from behind and they had an ugly face? Yeah, and you used yeah. to call them Decepticon. He, he did yeah. do that. He did <laughs> do that. Golden Deceiver. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was mine. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I got Got that from someone yeah, that, yeah i think it was from me i, I learned got it from somewhere else um but yeah so the point of it was that I, I, this is one of the first things i loved when i was a kid and i remember being one of my earliest memories is being around three years old and sitting on my favorite chair at my dad's old house um i think reading some kind of um uh, magazine or comics that was related to transformers and it made me realize that it's not too far off the point where amelie will be consuming things that will then go on to define parts of consumption for the rest of her life. So the choices we make yeah. around this time, or maybe not right now because she's not two yet, but in the, the next year or two of her life, in the future, 30, 40 years from now, she will encounter bits of that media and that will bring the same kind of Feeling. Uh, you know, inst- instinct and, and nostalgia that, yeah. that a Transformers thing um, uh, brought up in me. Uh, and that just made part of the whole responsibility of being a parent feel, you know, more real. Not that, uh, not yeah. that I don't get it. At this point, I do get the responsibility of being a parent. It's hammered mm. into you every day. Uh, but it was just, I suppose, an added layer. And, and when it comes to the first couple of years having a baby you're there's not much in the way of choice because you need to just do the things you need to do to assist their development but you're not making that many huge choices yeah once they get to a certain point then you are making choices Mm -hmm. in terms of what they consume how they consume it um in what volumes and in what way um and it just made me think that there's a new phase of this whole adventure that's not far off the horizon yeah Mm -hmm. and i watched the whole thing of the new transformers and it's not bad excellent even yeah um, chris loves it as there's even reference to politics in it so Uh so this is i think there's supposed to be three series um uh, of this show and someone each... bring their guitar again yeah that was Matthew. you was it me yeah that was you I don't know. Trumptron. Oh, okay. Let me Is put my Trump guitar Trump? away. Yeah, that was you. So in in this new show, they're they're on Cybertron for this for these uh, six episodes, and um, uh, uh, there's a peace treaty that Megatron is trying. I, I feel so ridiculous talking no, about this. Fine. Optimus Go on. Uh, Megatron's trying Tell to get Optimus to Prime to to sign a peace treaty, but um, but it would essentially mean the Autobots being subjugated under Decepticon rule. Okay. Um, and and Optimus Prime is like, no way, mm-hmm. um, we're going to resist. Um, and it's it's like almost like mentioning a. American politics, uh-huh. like the choice between you know proto-fascism versus freedom, mm-hmm. um, and it was a bit strange to see those themes in, in Transformers. I don't know if they were there, in there before, but I never noticed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're in there now, mm-hmm. um, and so it was interesting. If you, if you as a parent were n- are nostalgic for Transformers, watch the new show. Excellent. If you're a geek like us, watch it because it's pretty. Did, do you guys remember Reboot? No. CGI show. No. Nope. No. With uh, the user, and it was based inside of a computer, and the main villain was called Megabyte. 
No. Nope. Oh, okay. Do you guys, well, do you guys remember Biker Mice? Biker yeah. Mice from Mars. Yeah, that was of amazing, course. man. That gave me wood. I love that bloody show. <laughs> well, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I don't know, mice, you know, they get sexy. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was also very yeah, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but for me, Neighbors. It, was, it was always Transformers. <laughs> Home and away. <laughs> yeah. uh, for me, it was always Transformers, and I was glad to see it. Because especially because those live-action TV uh, films are just a bit shit. So it was nice yeah, to get back to yeah, some of the old, yeah, old flash stuff. shit going on in those. Yeah. Anyway, that'll round us up for Dad News. So we are going to take a very brief break, and when we return, John is going to review a notebook. Don't go away. We'll see you in a bit. Welcome back. Um, and so we're going to start to review, or more specifically, John is going to review a notebook. Um, so, John, why don't you take us away and talk us through the name of the product, the manufacturer, price, and where you bought it from? Yes. So um, just as, as a bit of a, a story behind this, I'm really of the idea of using notebooks for notes. I, I take a ton of notes. What else work. do you would you use a notebook no, for? No, but a lot, of, a lot of people just have a bunch sitting around. They fill in two pages and don't actually use them. I actually write through all my notebooks. I'm not sure we used to work together. I used to go through mm-hmm. a ton of notebooks yeah. and draw all sorts of things on them. Um, but anyway, I, uh, Penises. I, I have um, a, realiza- a, a realization that I want to kind of, you know, make sure my kids have an environment to live through in their life. And I like to save the trees where possible. I'm not a tree hugger, but I do think waste is waste. So I was looking at different options, and I found the Rocketbook Everlast Smart Reusable Notebook. Snappy name. Yeah, very snappy name. But Rocketbook is the main thing because you can actually get the app on Android or iTunes. And what it is, it's it's not many pages. It's a very thin notebook, uh, which comes with a cloth and a pen. And you take your notes, and the cloth damp it in water you wipe it and it wipes clean completely clean really like yeah everything everything comes off completely which is quite nice you yeah. can write quite nice like if it's paper semen semen yeah i was yeah. gonna say can you spaff on it yeah you can spaff on it and it's all good especially during you know your evenings before netflix matthew um <laughs> but you know the the idea of it is uh, something reusable yeah. now i ordered it thinking this is going to be neat i'm going to be when it came, it came with a bit of a surprise because then look it up properly. The app actually scans the pages and you can choose what to do with it. So I have the app on my work phone where I scan the pages and they go straight into box, into the, the cloud. And I've got all my notes saved there and I can just wipe the page straight away. And then on my personal stuff, I'll take pictures. Like, for example, for the podcast, I'll take notes, I'll snap it, and it goes straight into my Gmail, and I can, you know, view it on my phone. Oh, I like that. And you can that. just wipe it, and it's reusable, and it comes, yeah. like, in three sizes. So there's, like, the, uh, what is it, the, uh, the tiny one, which is... A5? Uh, no, the mini A6. Oh, there's wow. There's the executive A5, which is the one I have, and then the A4, okay. basically. And I, I really lo- like it. Now, to be honest, I mean, the, the thing that I was looking at was the... A remarkable pad which mm. is exactly like writing on paper and it's a pad and it's, it's got a little qr code or whatever yeah, at the top and, and it's 400 quid and i'm oh, not going to spend 400 on. quid um so to be honest come this on. is 31 pounds the rocket book uh-huh. for the a5 version and i've been using it practically every day my notes and i and i enjoy writing and drawing and all the rest of it. just literally just you know you can use different colors that the you can buy the pens the pens are quite cheap i think i bought four pens of different colors for god what was it i think it was 680 something like six, those weird amazon prices mm. and i bought it on amazon obviously which is okay. the other thing yeah. but i really found it useful to be honest mm. because i use pads all the time okay okay so um avoiding the obvious joke um uh what would you say are the positives of the pad 
Positives is <laughs> that is so juvenile. Yeah, shut I really up, like you, it. You, you tampon. Um, <laughs> the notebook. Um, I, I don't know. I really. I, I think it's the fact that I don't, I don't waste paper. I really enjoyed it, and it's really okay. user friendly. The app is really user friendly. It scans the page really easily, and it and it's nice. And you know, if I have leakage, I can just you know pad myself up, and it's all good. So I mean, it, it's good that you're doing that because paper it doesn't grow on trees, does it? You know, it doesn't grow on trees. Paper. Um, so I think you're doing. You a see, great that's job a shit there. dad joke, joke because both me and Mag are kind of like, should we laugh or should we just learn to fuck off? And Matt, we need to nip that in the bud. Yeah, <laughs> can we edit this in post? Okay. <laughs> Literally, okay. leave it alone. Okay, <laughs> now that's a joke. Okay, so your depositors are you're saving uh, on uh, on paper. You're saving yeah. the environment. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, I, I I don't know. I think it's very thin, very easy to carry around. I I, I like that aspect of it. The negatives. I don't particularly like the pens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I I have a various collection of pen. I normally use actually fountain pens. I really enjoy using fountain pens. Mm-hmm. I really don't like the pen. The pen is very just just it dries straight away. Uh-huh. If you leave it open on your desk, it dries straight away. That winds me up, and it's just there's no other choices of pens. It's either those so pens it's proprietary. You have to use that. Yeah, you have to use those okay. erasable pens, and the erasable pens come with very weak ink, as you can imagine. And I'm, you know, I I, I don't say I make my own ink because I haven't got to that point yet. I probably will at some point, but I, I make your own ink. Is that a thing people do? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you can do that. You yeah. can make your own ink, your own shade of of uh, I whatever have no you idea. Use. Yeah, I've learned from my my former boss and my mentor who actually has his own shade of green for everything he writes. It's quite cool. Okay, so, yeah. fair enough. Um, you know you can use uh, red cabbage to make ink. Yeah. You can? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can also use the, the, the blood of a calf to, to make ink. You can use semen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. The moving semen. swiftly Mix, along. With poo. Moving, from this sticky situation. Moving swiftly along from that. Um, we, what about the app? We talked about the product. How's yeah, the app? The app is really user-friendly, as I said. I mean, it, it's very simple to open an account. And it literally connects the box and connects the i to, to, to your iCloud, whatever you want to use, really easily. And I thought that it literally took me less than five minutes to set everything up. And then literally, you just get you know get it out, take the picture of the page, and it literally scans the page straight away and sends everything off. Admittedly, I would have been pissed. It would have taken me more than five minutes to up and out for no. But the, uh, the point is, notebook. for my for my work thing, it, it's box, it's my email address, uh, and it's okay. also the cloud. So I set up three different three different things in, in a very short period of time. Yeah. Where normally you'd expect to like details and another password and an elbow password and fuck knows whether well, this is a lot easier i mean it was really really yeah. simple so i liked it okay okay so um would you say it's value for money yeah value for money i mean 31 quid is really good i mean compared to the remarkable fucking 400 quid i'm gonna wait another 10 years before i buy one of those because it's well expensive uh, but yeah very very worth the money uh, again the pen is the thing that kind of kicks it in the balls a bit but yeah can i ask what about organizing your data how does that work does it you just get sent to a folder? It sends to a folder and you can rename the file. I mean, I, I get a sent all in PDF. Mm-hmm. I want it in PDF, but it can actually take your calligraphy and choose your, you know, use your calligraphy and turn it into text if you wanted to set that up as well, which okay. is quite good. Okay. okay. Would you say this is essential or a nice to have? I, I think with the way we need to get green at some point, I think it, it, it's a little more than a nice to have. I think it's essential to start saving on paper. Because uh, I do think we waste a ton of fucking paper. I mean, I'm a big fan of DocuSign and mm. the electronic signatures. So for me, it, it's an essential. See, 
I'm going to play devil's advocate here mm-hmm. and say that we you have to use electricity to access the to use it mm-hmm. and to access the notes and would the uh would the carbon being used to generate the electricity my computer would be on anyway Matthew overdo or like picking your phone up and then, and, and my phone that, would be, that would my be phone would be on anyway yeah that would be I'm not sure yeah and as I say I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah. Yeah. Um, okay so John give us your overall verdict and take us home with a mark out of ten. Um, overall verdict, very good bit of gear. I enjoy it. Uh, but because of the pen, I'm actually going to, uh, I'm to give it a, a six. A six? Yes. See, I thought from your review that we were talking more like a 7.058. Th- that, that's what I no, no, but for me, for me, the pen and the quality of the writing is, is highly important. Okay. Um, okay. I, that's a personal preference. That's why it gets a six. If the pen were better, it would get, uh, definitely get an eight. Well, you, I, I would say you have sold it to me. Because I, I, I have experience of using a shitload of paper. Obviously, I'm yeah. doing my degree. Mm-hmm. And I go through notebooks like a mofo. And exactly. They're, That's they're exactly what happens to me. Yeah. Because they're for working out mm-hmm. the calculations and whatnot. And I don't really tend to go back yeah. to them unless I absolutely need to. Yeah. So it's, I've got like a whole... I think the, the, the confidentiality piece of this as well is huge for me. Because I work mm-hmm. in HR. If I'm in the office, obviously, we're not in the office at the moment. But if I'm in the office, every time I take a note and it's something personal, I have to turn the page and start another page because I don't want people to see on what's on the other page if mm-hmm. I've got someone next to me. Whether this is, you write it, yes, you turn the page, you just take a picture of it and then wipe it off and off you go. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. So I find okay. that useful. Cool. And just if anyone was zoned out when we were talking about the name of the product, let's just reiterate what the name of the product so is. So the name of the product is Rocketbook Notepad. Rocketbook Notepad. So get on Amazon or uh, or wherever you want to buy your tat um, and you yeah. can check it out if you want. And that is the Overly Honest review for this week. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, another break is coming your way. And when we return, we're going to review Babies Episode 4. And spoiler alert, John didn't like it. We're going to be back in a moment. Bye. Welcome back to Overly Honest Dads, and we're going to recap uh, the majority of uh, the Netflix episode, uh, Netflix Babies documentary episode four. I got there in the end, and this episode is about language and first words. Um, so we're going to recap the episode and give our thoughts. We got uh, up to the start of the third expert, as we've learned in these shows. We meet many experts, and they do experiments on babies. That's kind of the format of this whole show. Um, so. We start off with a couple and there's a baby babbling and we talk about how uh, towards the end of the first year, babies start to say their first words. They embark on a journey to language. We meet baby Amelia, who's at a space museum. And they're talking about how uh, how babies learn language. And we get the titles with the sweeping music. Um, and then we return to baby Pasco, who we first met in the previous episode. Um, and uh, and he's walking around now. So he's clearly, you know, advanced. I think he's 11 months when we see him in this episode. And yeah. so he skipped crawling and gone straight to walking. And uh, yeah, he's babbling away in a car. And that's nice to see. Uh, Pasco's a very cute baby. Um, then we jump over to Philadelphia in Pennsylvania in the US of A. And... Um, I can't read my writing here. Um, there's a woman uh, talking about surviving. Um, and surprise, surprise, she's an expert. Oh, no, she's going swimming. That's what my, that's what my handwriting Fucking says. Pedo. <laughs> and she's going swimming. And surprise, surprise, this woman is a language expert. And we met lots of experts. And this is our first one in the language episode. Um, and then we cut back to Pasco. Pasco's gone to the pub with uh with his family and is babbling again um, a couple of pints our expert talks flag. about babies hearing uh the melody of speech um and how do they dig into the language and make sense of uh of it and so matching the melody of language uh to to meaning um and so our expert is going to do an experiment 
a big surprise, uh, on language development, and it involves the combination of music and language. Um, there are samples of speech, and they put... on it. The thing is, they said it involves music and language, but it didn't actually involve music. It was more rhythm, wasn't it? And when they put pauses in. Yeah. So the idea of the uh, experiment is they have a sentence, and they say the sentence as, they, as a normal person would, with pauses in the natural places. And then they, ha- they record the same sentence again, but there's a pause in a place where you wouldn't usually pause if... If uh, if you're speaking it normally, am I, am I along the right lines here? Yeah, yeah. yeah we only watched it about an hour ago. <laughs> um, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I should know this better. Um, so they play the samples to the babies. I think I think it's in different ears. So one goes in one ear, one goes in the other, and um, and then uh, there's, there's also, also lights. just blinking lights yeah. on either side. Um, and they is to check whether the baby looks towards the side that has the naturally spoken language. So with the pauses where they would naturally be, and um, and yeah, if uh, you know. As one might expect, the babies do look to the side where the natural language is coming from. Yeah. Do you guys have any comments on this experiment or or this section of the show in general? Well, it was probably one of the better experiments and more detailed. Well, no, the, the, the second one, one. He's talking about the first one where yeah, the data wasn't actually that decent. Oh, oh yeah, that that yeah. was that didn't really tell me anything. It was a bit yeah, shit. yeah. It, it was a bit shit. There was no no consistency in the data. The other thing is. Is it the blinking lights that's making a baby turn, or is it the actual? And and this, she just didn't have any. There was no quantitative, no nothing to qualify. I mean, I just didn't like the data. I really didn't like the data. And again, it seems like bullshit. Also, very creepy lady at a swimming pool in her sixties, just staring at mummies and babies swimming. If it was a man in his sixties in a fucking public oh, swimming pool, they'll think he's John. a paedophile. She looked John. weird. She looked weird. And again, it's the close up in the expert's face with the grin. Every John. episode, they close up on an expert grinning at baby, like, <laughs> like it's weird. It's so weird. I They're John. probably parents themselves. I think most of them have been. Yeah, yeah. 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 Apart from the milk John. lady, she just milks cats. <laughs> You remember? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think it's fair to say that experiment was one where it wasn't particularly revelatory. The fact that the babies, when they hear language that sounds natural, gravitate towards it rather than sounds that are unnatural. Imagine how um, weird it would be if the babies were attracted to the non-natural language. I mean, that would just be bizarre and probably wouldn't ever happen. Um, it just so, lacked detail, like all the yeah, fucking experiments and and, and, and rigorousness. Yeah, uh, rigor just in general. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we jump back in time. We're time travelers now, and we see Pasco back in the belly, uh, eight months pregnant. Um, uh, well, Pasco isn't, but his mother is. Um, and I'm not sure why we went back there. Oh, yeah, I think it was talking about when they can, uh, you know, take in sounds when they're in the belly, uh, which is fair enough because there's all those stereotypes about playing your kid. Um, classical music, um, which is obviously a bunch of bullshit because so many people have done it and and they didn't go on to have genius babies. So I think we can all realise that that is yeah, it's bullshit. generally bullshit. Um, and then um, I think someone says that it, when babies are babbling, um, then uh, when you notice it, let them lead the discussion. I think that's going to be a fairly dead-end discussion because, I mean, it's not like they can really talk. But I do get the, the point that if yeah. they're babbling, just kind of focus on what they're focusing on mm-hmm. um, and see if you can make sense of it. That, that, that just kind of well, we went to see a sense. speech therapist a few weeks ago because we, we were somewhat concerned about Romana's. Did I say this in another podcast? Uh, no, but I think you referenced it briefly earlier today. Yeah, oh, okay, right. So um, R- Romana, she's uh, like a, a, I said before, she's got a master's in fucking linguistic some, something or other. I have no idea. But it's to do with um, uh, 
early years language acquisition and second language acquisition and so she is hypersensitive to our child's language development and she thought that there was something going on I thought it was fine um, so we went to see a speech therapist and one of the points that the speech therapist said was that you should lead the ba- the baby should lead the conversation and if they try and generate conversation take a leap of faith yeah, just go for it. Say something. Um, if they're pointing at something and they're babbling at it, um, it's unlikely that you'll figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. But just say anything instead of instead of saying, "What do you mean? What is it, sweetheart?" You know. Um, and I, it seems I, you know to, what I remember. I used to do. I, I used to sit there with the kids. I go, blah, 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 blah. and I look at them. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I used to just do that. Same. Like, I, I know I'm an idiot, but it's just literally what I enjoy doing. Blah, blah, blah. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. I enjoyed that. And, you know, that's my conversation. You can take the piss out of them and they have no idea. No, I didn't do that, you dickhead. You and, oh, look, you can't hold your head up, you dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then we're back with baby Nelson, who I think we last saw in the first episode. Um, And um, I think the baby's, uh, Nelson's mother is a bit concerned because he's babbling, but he's not really speaking Mm. yet. Apparently he's done everything else great, but um, but not so much with the language. Um, And then we make another geographical jump and we're in Madison, Wisconsin in the great US of A. Um, And we have an expert playing Scrabble in a fancy house. Yeah, um, that house was beautiful, man. She yeah, is that was. dripping in privilege. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and and so there she's playing Scrabble. And then another geographic jump to Brighton. Um, we really do jump around more than a James Bond film in this Yeah, show. we do. Um, and, and, and the villains tend to be the experts. <laughs> yeah, the Blofelds. And so then we're, yeah, we're in Brighton with Baby Willow um, and talking about... Um, going from a baby to how in this period between around one years old you're going from a baby to kind of a mini person willow is babbling saying dada uh then we're back with the expert who asks how babies know when language begins and ends um and talking about babies working out how words fit together reliably um so taking the sounds and translating them into actual words um and uh, and so uh, to give an example of the of the phrase pretty baby and how if you break the syllables down um then you can kind of make sense of the fact that it's two words so so the fact that the the sounds like pretty might go together more than uh say if you take the last syllable of pretty so t and the first syllable of baby ba taba doesn't go together very much in the English language. Like there's no t- taba sounds. That, that, that there's you... taboo, but no taba. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so over time, then the babies will be able to notice these patterns and what fits yeah. together, and almost piece it together like a jigsaw, I suppose. Um, and so, so that was actually quite interesting to yeah. sort of you yeah. know yeah. break it down into the into the component parts and see how how babies would then fit it all together. I think we, although this this expert was dripping dripping in privilege, um, her her experiments made sense in a way that the previous one didn't yeah if i can also say i think this is one of the smarter experts we've seen so far in this show i, I think she's the smartest out well of there, there was a little so bit far. more substance to what she was yeah, saying she yeah was, she has a lot of substance and data and kind of it made sense yeah. where she was yeah. going so i liked her in in all in all honesty okay well i i did like the point about um uh she, she was saying that all of this stuff is going on under the hood yeah, of a baby and you don't always see but they are working towards acquiring that language which is very mm-hmm. very cool now something to also point out is in this show 
they make reference to milestones and they say them as if it's kind of like something that will happen. Your baby will do this at a year. Your baby will do this at 18 months, etc. Um, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not rigid about it. It's kind of soft. They may give a range. Um, but it is also very, very important to note that if your kid isn't talking, um, it doesn't always mean that they are stunted. Mm, yeah, exactly. It may be the case that there's a lot going on, but they're shy f- with talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you are absolutely best off going to see a professional if your kid is not talking uh, or saying anything or saying things in a way which you wouldn't expect or is not comparable to their peers most likely they're fine and it's nothing to worry about as alarmed as you you, mm-hmm. you may initially yep. be um, but take it with a pinch of salt because I know how distressing that can be for some people mm-hmm. okay so let's go and we'll talk about the show um, so we have an experiment um, and the experiment is um, around um, using a made-up language isn't it um, so, uh, I like this one. Yeah, it yeah, was a good. This one. is a better experiment. Yeah. So the experiment is about um, the the expert comes up with uh, a number of words in in the made up language, um, and um, and they listen for two minutes and they think they hear each made up word forty five times in total. And then the room goes silent and they start to test the babies. Um, so there are lights on either side of the room, and when they look towards each light, a sound activates, and the words are either words that they've heard or non-words which sounds strange because they're all non-words they're not real words but there's either made up words or or words that they haven't heard before Mm-hmm. Um, and the baby will get bored of the non-words they haven't heard before, yeah. um, and uh, and they focus on the actual words. Um, so, uh, so once, so what what did you take from what do you guys take from this uh, experiment? It was smarter as an experiment. I still think that the lights have a big part in all of this. The blinking lights once yeah. again. I, um, I, I I don't think she, she didn't entirely explain how it worked, but it, for me it felt like reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's not entirely a bad thing. I I thought that it was very interesting how they could piece together these syllable combinations and it, and the order of them mm-hmm. as well. It, 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 the baby was was demonstrating that by mm-hmm. turning and being yeah. more interested in the normal words. Um, it seemed to do it very quickly. So it was yeah. two minutes. Can I can I just make an example of this? Well, what did they play? those non-words that were correct for how long was it two or five minutes uh, they played them for uh, two minutes and each word was said 45 times okay. repetition is essential in learning anything okay they say even grown-ups it takes seven times are you repeating something to them for them to follow a process mm-hmm. now when christopher was six months uh, i remember because we were on holiday he said the, f- the first word he said was dad you know why because i sat him in the swimming pool we were playing in the swimming pool and i kept going papa i remember papa, this papa papa guess what he learned to say papa but i sat there for a half an hour doing it in the pool just to pee his mum off <laughs> she still holds this up to me <laughs> uh, but it's repetition yeah language is repetition that's how kids learn and obviously different languages have different tones and different proverbs and all the rest and they learn it in time but it's just repetition it's the yeah. way the fucking brain works once again i find myself Watching the show, thinking <laughs> fucking common sense, you dickheads. Like it, it just winds me up because all of these things are nice, but we're sitting there. I'm cutting my veins. Like, do you know what I mean? You can just hear in the background when an expert's on. 
common sense, dickhead. Yeah, literally. That literally is what's going on. You could hear it coming out of my ears while I'm thinking it with the steam because I can't, you know, my brain can't produce yeah, that much. Yeah, definitely you do get a bit impression. You can tell, sorry, the, the differences between the experts that are doing something that makes a difference and the ones that are just kind yeah. of stating the obvious, like the one from last week with where they're talking about the growth and they did the work of going around and measuring babies and they found something out that was new. That was valuable. Yeah. But, but again, even this, you know, it's one of my, you know, one of the best experts I've seen on this show so far. But again, still, it's fucking common sense. Like, do you know what I mean? Even the stuff last week, it was just like... Uh, well, I don't know if it was necessarily common sense. Well, the baby skateboard oh, oh, with oh, the helmet. That loud. Oh, sorry, that was very loud. Was, I was very uh, close to yeah, the mic. So my point with the, 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 the this experiment today, like it could be that when you hear something you've not heard before, that you're more attracted to it. So when the babies hear the you know hear the non words that they haven't heard before, why is it that they are attracted to the ones they've heard and not ones maybe they should pay attention to the ones they haven't heard? So I think that's something that's not necessarily easy to predict. You can see it going either yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and so that for me makes it worthwhile and not. But it's the repetition of five minutes listening to the same words kind mm. of you know, yeah you're but, gonna... well not necessarily like cause, cause, say if you heard right now something that you know and something that you don't know yeah you'd probably be like what is that thing i don't know yeah uh but with babies you know we, we it's hard to get in the mindset of a baby you're, and they're all right they're attracted mm. to the thing that they yeah. that they do know because they're still trying to work it out yeah mm. um so that you know that, that's well, once again, lack, lacks detail. Yeah, lacks detail. Yeah. It's a very, very soft show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Can we thumbs down, by the way, on our accounts when we have an opportunity? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I don't care any idea of that, that much either yeah, way. Got a thumbs down. Um, so then they talk about um, once baby figures out sound, then they work out meaning, which is, again, fairly straightforward. Uh, they said that babies, before they can actually speak, will recognise or know uh, between 20 and 50 words, mm. which is interesting. Um, then we go back to London and we're talking about bilingual babies. We've got a couple. I didn't get the name of the baby. Um, uh, Habdul. It wasn't Habdul. <laughs> oh, come on. Can we just use Abdul? I love that word. No. Habibi. Um, and it's a, a couple where the husband, well, I presume the husband is French and the wife's English. Um, and they talk about how the options if you're raising bilingual kids is to have one language in the house, another outside, or to have one parent speak one language and another parent speak the other. And the expert taught us about different languages, have different rhythms and patterns, and how it's easier to learn multiple languages as babies. Um, and we all here are raising, uh, or have raised in John's case, somewhat uh, bilingual children. Yeah. This is something we all have experience of. Yeah, indeed. Um, and then we switched off before we could learn more about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was bullshit. Uh, which, our patience wore thin. Well, it was that and also the fact that it, we're parents with responsibility and it was 9pm on a Wednesday yeah, evening yeah. and we needed to get on with recording. We're drinking vodka. Uh, yeah, with, with, you know, in, 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 you know, amounts that are proportional with the responsibilities yes. we have okay, to discharge, um, to put it in a diplomatic way. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think you can probably tell by the tone, uh, especially that of John's, is that, you know, I think this show, is, the shine is wearing off a little bit. It is. Um, you, 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 the formula is straightforward. You jet around the world and see cute babies. You yeah. get three experts who tell, tell you about the experiments they do, and the experiments are of various quality or credibility. Mm. Um, and it's up to us as viewers to sort of ascertain what we see as valuable and what we see as tosh. Mm-hmm. Um, this but- is dumb TV. Uh, yeah, I don't it's know. I've, seen, I've seen worse. I mean, we live in a I world. Agree. We live in a world that has the only ways Essex and Geordie Shaw. I yeah. mean, you know, I think in the grand scheme, this is probably rating top half in terms of complexity. I, I, I think it's like a couple steps up, but not further. 
Uh, what? Sorry. From 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 things like Tauri and this is this is uh, the only way is Essex. I, I really do think it's it's where you just switch off and you, it's the kind of stuff that people in Tauri would watch. I don't know about that. No, I, no. I, I think I, th- I think we're, oh we're overestimating them. They just oh probably God. watch Holby City. Oh, and just leave no, it that's Northern. They don't like the Northern. No, they? no, that's no, no, down south. I think oh, Holby City. It? Yeah, it's like casualty. God knows. Yeah. God anyway, knows. so not uh, a fan. Not uh, a fan. Up in the air about whether we do episode five or six. But personally, I think we let's should just carry keep on. insulting and get angry because blood pressure is not important to dads or kids. Yeah. Do you know what I think we should review? What's that? Transformers. Transformers. Yes. Now that's a show I can get on board with, baby. Oh, right. Okay. Um, well, let's see. Because I do think that we should be, you know, doing some of these watch-alongs. Maybe at some point we should do, I think like this earlier, um, I should have told you um, when we're not recording, but we could do commentaries at some point. So we could commentate, do a commentary over a show um, and uh, and then and then oh, put God, that commentary the out there. the commentary we were doing today. Yeah. <laughs> that lady's nose. Oh, yeah. my God. So maybe that's something for the future. If, if, if any listeners out there have suggestions, then please let us know. It's actually probably worth noting we did actually have our first piece of correspondence this week um so uh, i can't remember what the subject line of the email so was. so disappointed we, we essentially was along the lines of you're a bunch of c words can, can i can i oh, it's just, hilarious. yeah let, let me just bring the picture because it, yeah I, I it's so disappointed so basically we put the email address up and and what people need to understand is matthew is very good at putting people down so i'm really hoping for someone to complain and i got excited the subject line said worst podcast ever cunts <laughs> i was like yes matthew's gonna rip into this person and then i was like hey guys sorry to disappoint i'm only joking this is fucking brilliant i'm like for fuck's sake just complain for god's sake i want a karen to write in so thank you mr uh, emailer thank you yeah, for your kind thank words you very much. Um, it was very nice and if anyone and out fuck there you too uh, and- <laughs> If anyone out there does want to write to us with feedback, suggestions, abuse, or questions, then please feel free to. We've started to get a few listeners, um, not many, but a few. And uh, if, if you guys have feedback, then just let us know. Because really, we, we started doing this um, uh, you know, 18 episodes ago with no experience of doing anything like this. Um, we've been learning as we go. And uh, if you guys do have pointers, then let us know. If it's something you, you, that you like hearing us do that you want more of, if it's something you don't like us doing, which you want less of, we'll probably do it more. Um, but like uh, saying the word cunt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, write to us. Um, I'll give you the email address at the end. But if you want it now, it's overlyhonestdads at gmail dot com. Um, so we are going to take another brief break, and when we come back, we're going to round off with a uh, another dose of "Am I being unreasonable?" We'll see you in just a moment. Welcome back to the final segment of episode 19 of Overly Honest Dads, your favourite parenting podcast, indeed the best parenting podcast in the world. Um, and oh, so down. we're going to, oh no, you know, you got to have confidence. What's the point if you don't believe in yourself? If, 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 if you don't believe in yourself, I believe in myself, I don't believe how, in you, how are other people going to believe in yourself? What's that? No, no, go on. Okay. Rocky theme tune. All oh, right. Yeah, there we go. Um, so we're going to do uh, Am I Being Unreasonable? So for the un- uninitiated, Am I Being Unreasonable is a board on Mumsnet, the popular um, parenting uh, message board. And people post up uh, issues that they're facing in their lives and ask if they're being unreasonable or not. And we weigh in with our honest viewpoints. And so the first one for this week is a return of a poster we've had before. The poster is named JizzPigeon22. <laughs> Welcome back. Yes, welcome back. Uh, it, what surprises me is the 22. How many people have chosen Jizz Pigeon as a fucking username? It's probably a popular name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, wh- why not? I mean, I know I've tried to get it before. Unfortunately, I couldn't get it as my Hotmail address uh, back in the day. Um, yeah. So so, so I went with something else. So mm. the, the title of this thread is, Would you be okay with your husband going to the cinema with a female friend? 
Sorry, what? Would you be okay with your husband going to the cinema with a female friend? So, JizzPigeon22 says, I have a friend I've known since I was three years old. Last year, he got a job in a pub directly across the road from my house, so I see him quite often, as he will occasionally stop by after a shift for a coffee or to see my kids, who they refer to as their uncle. They're all very close. Over the years, we've been to festivals together, holidays, camping trips, etc. He was the best man at my wedding. Last year, my husband passed away and my friend was in was great in helping sort things out and just to have someone to chat to. We both like Marvel films, which his wife hates. So when the new Avengers film came out last year, he bought tickets for the first showing as it was 12 noon. So we had time to watch it before getting the kids from school. His wife was at work and he was doing the school run. She went absolutely a pop. Pop, uh, poplectic, I can usually say that word, with rage, when she found it. Well, presumably when she found out. Um, she said that going to cinema, going to the cinema, sorry, was something couples do. I was desperate to get a man because my husband had died and now I was lonely, etc. My friend was so disgusted with her that it almost ended their marriage. I really hadn't really thought about it till today when it came up in conversations with two of the friends who had very different views. One was of the opinion it was fine. Uh, the... Uh, other of the opinion that it's never okay for men and women who are married to socialise uh, as that's disrespectful. <clears throat> Am I being Fuck unreasonable off. to think uh, the cinema with a friend is fine? She's fine with him coming to my house, but not the cinema. I found it such a bizarre reaction. And the nasty things she said about me following my husband's death were pretty unforgivable. Is she being unreasonable? No. No, and it's really stupid what her friend said that men and women can't have non can have platonic relationships i'd be more like worried that. about him visiting her at home than yeah. going to the fucking cinema <laughs> what, what's wrong with that I, don't, I see no problem with that i really don't i have friends that i do that with a female i would never dream of doing anything is mates yeah. like they, they, i think there's lots of examples when you're spending a lot of time of going to see after work going to see her and the kids and all yeah. that and then you start going cinema together i understand why the wife gets fucking jealous I like understand i understand it, yeah. she should but it, surely she should have, she should be used to it. I if I now. if it was me and I was in that situation, say if I was the guy who has the wife, I'd have said to the wife, "Do you want to go to the cinema with me and thingy? We go. Well, you want to go and watch this Marvel film? I know you don't like. At them. least mention it. Yeah, and 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 play it in a way that's smart. If you do it in a way that they don't find out, yeah, it, manipulate your wife. Right away. You There's obviously more to the story, and I'm yeah. sure that she is not warm to her. Yeah, I in reckon the there's the, the there's there's cattiness going on between the two originally. Anyway, you yeah. know the kind of smiles where people kind of fake they like each other. I reckon there's that business going on, and now this has put a nail in the coffin, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's read some other opinions just get because I think this is actually slightly morally complex compared with some of the ones yeah, that yeah, we yeah. we have. Uh -huh. So, a poster called Ohio 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 says, "I'm sorry, your dear husband passed away. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like my dear husband to go to the cinema with you in those circumstances." Um, I think it's a pretty individual thing, isn't it, about whether it's something you're comfortable with or not. Um, I think as long as you're not being overly jealous or over, or overbearing, then mm. it's okay to express your opinion. And you should be able to express your opinion in a marriage. And you should be able to set boundaries of what you're comfortable yeah, with yeah. and what you're not. I don't um, know, man. Like, I, I, I don't know, but if every day you go into another woman's house to see her kids, and then one day you go to the cinema without, you go cinema without telling her, Telling your wife, go cinema. You understand why the problem? What the problem is? I mean, it. Romana would flip and go, "Why didn't you tell me?" And you, you know, uh, I think. But she would flip. She would probably flip in the same way that if I went to the cinema with a male friend, 
If I went with one of my boyfriends. Yeah, but there's a rumpy-pumpy potential if you go to our house every day and, uh, you know, rumpy-pumpy. <laughs> yeah, but if the kids are around, oh. it's hard to have that rumpy-pumpy. I just, I, I yeah, don't know. Well, I, you don't know. Kids are asleep. <laughs> so Purple Daisy said she regularly goes out um, with male friends for cinema or a meal. They're friends of mine um, and they're not dear husband, so so doesn't have any problem with it. But I usually mention it in, in advance. Yeah, um, exactly. I wonder why um, he didn't tell um, her when he booked Mm-mm. tickets. And I think that's a good point. I mean, why don't you just tell her? Surely yeah. you would. You 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 don't have these issues if you're just honest up front. It, it I, I think it's the, it's the sneakiness. Of, no, I reckon it's the sneakiness of it. I, yeah. I bet you he's going around every day because he's getting something. I'm like, I'm okay. There wouldn't be that much of a reaction from the wife if she wasn't suspicious. Well, I, I have shit. faith that it's platonic. Okay. Maybe I'm being naive. So let's move on. Um, so the next one is from a poster called Stop. The sing song and the the thread is titled "Am I being unreasonable to tell my son his singing is awful?" That's a good thing. So um, uh, the post reads: My adult son likes to sing and thinks he is talented, but actually his singing is awful. <laughs> and he sings all the time when he's home, wandering around the kitchen, singing at the top of his voice with his very deep, out of tune singing. I don't want to offend him, but I might be unreasonable to tell him to shut the fuck up and stop singing, even though I know he sings because he's in a good mood. And it's me that's the grump. Is she being unreasonable? So, of course, it's like a, like a yeah. an oral attack. Are you oral? So I, I tell you this, I my grandmother told me I can't sing. My grandmother was a lead in a choir in church. She can sing really in tune, even though she's deaf in one ear, she's really in tune. I was singing and she said, you don't have the gift. And she just told me, blatant out. I think I was singing along something on Frank Sinatra or some shit. And she just completely just dropped it on me. Better that than fucking taking your... Fucking untalented kids on X Factor. But, you know, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? I, this is good. You should tell them when they're not yeah, good. Because reality like, needs to hit kids mm, early. Singing is a trait. Yeah. You can learn how to sing. Well, it's a mix. You yeah. can learn how to how to hold a tune, but you can't become a great singer without having the pipes. Yeah, Nobody sounds like Adele extra or the other X Factor. Bloke. Yeah, and so I think it's mostly about how you communicate it. Like it's okay to uh, if I wouldn't sit someone down and say, scream but, at and, and, say shit, and say yeah, you're shit. My grandma did it nicely because you don't have the gift. She just said, you just don't have the gift. You're not in tune. Yeah. I was like, John, fair play. Yeah, you do not have the gift. <laughs> John, porco Dios. Oh. Just shut the and fuck up. <laughs> Why are you singing? <laughs> you told you, the well, Frank well, Sinatra is rolling in his grave. Say, he was alive. Say that all in Italian. Gianmaria, non hai talento. Literally very nicely told me I have no talent. Really? Like, fuck, okay. It just sounds nicer in Italian. Though. No, but And then she followed up. I think later in the day, she felt quite bad because I remember her saying... But you're really funny and good at telling jokes. I'm like, yeah, I'm not even good at that. I haven't got time in with those either. <laughs> That's all I could think. <laughs> Fucking destroy me. It still oh, scarred man. me. Okay. Conversation nine years old. Okay, so moving on. Um, the next post is from a poster called Democracy. 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 It's like democracy, but democracy. It doesn't really work. Um, and the title of the thread is uh, a friend taking the piss or am I being oversensitive? So the post reads as follows. We own some land over the road from our house, invested in a small yurt and have a semi-permanent type summer glamping setup, fire pit, pizza oven, etc. I only read that far in the in, in the post because I just thought, oh God, I'm going to hate you, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you invest in a yurt, Jesus Christ, there's no helping you. Um <laughs> What's wrong with the yurt? Oh, man. No, Matt, no. Like, yeah, I think it's all right. I like lamping. We, I no went helping glamping. you a lot. I love 
I went glamping two weeks ago. You know this guy. Yeah, you, but you, you didn't invest on... in a yurt. No, no, I didn't. You, a fire pit pizza. Pizza fucking oven. Yeah, what's wrong with the pizza You're not oven? fucking Italian, you dickhead. Leave the pizza oven to the, where the hey, fucking came from. Hey, hey. Anyway, but... friend texts me back to ask if she can use the site to celebrate her birthday. It's a big one with a few close friends, about 10 to 15. I mistook the message as inviting my husband uh, and I as well, which she replied saying she was embarrassed, but really she just wanted her closest friends and I wouldn't be invited. This is fine as I wouldn't have considered myself in that circle. I'd say we're friends, but not super close. Um, but we are good friends with a number of people who would be going. But I thought a bit cheeky that she would basically want to use our extended garden to have a small party, but not invite us. We've used the space for other friends and family celebrations, but we've always been part of them. I've said yes, because I'd feel mean if I didn't, but equally feeling a little bit put out, um, though not sure if my uh, if it's my embarrassment at assuming I was invited or my feeling being put out as they want to use the space without inviting us. P.S. I know this is a, uh, a very much a first world issue and really not of great importance just sense checking myself ah well okay no she has a she has a point um the person it's like i want to use your garden but you're not fucking invited man yeah fuck off your twat i would have said no she would have been right to say no i'd have offered money if i wasn't going to invite them i'd have said like can we use the space but we'll maybe give you a small fee because we want it to be like a private thing it's unfortunate she's she's done the wrong thing in saying yeah she should have told him to fuck off the the moment has unfortunately passed and it sounds like she has I really wanted to get angry at this person and yet they're right yeah they are I mean I'm still angry at them in general because of their because they're rich and they have a year and and, and also I hate the phrase sense checking in general that's something I hear a lot of work Um, sense checking yeah to sense check something sense check why is everything you? I don't agree with anything you guys are saying in this podcast there's nothing wrong with sense checking Checking. Oh, so, I, I, it, it's I mean, like I mean, let's it's regroup. Yeah, it's, it's let's just, regroup. No, let's not. sense check in. Let's circle back. Yeah, it's just oh. like, let's going forward. Let's make sure we sense check and circle back uh, before we go forward. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, and I reckon what, we should meet again in a fortnight and. John, Fuck off, John! What, what, what on earth is wrong with ma- having a pizza oven and making a pizza if you're not Italian? What, what if I was to use my my rice flour ve- vegan gluten free to make the, the the base? Would you be pissed at that? I'm gonna put my cock in your mouth in a minute, mate. <laughs> what 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 if I microwaved ketchup to to make it thicker? Matthew, That's carry on. <laughs> okay, so so uh, but yeah, you do not buy a yurt. Do not invest in a yurt or a um, pizza oven or a pizza oven. Seriously, unless just, you're in Italy, or just get a Domino's for fuck's sake. Um, so the next poster is called "I Need a Miracle 2020," and the post is called, is titled "Am I Being Reasonable to Ask My Mum's New Girlfriend Not to Buy Things for My Baby?" Um, so the poster reads, "Hi." My mum's recently come out as gay, which isn't the issue. I think it is because you mentioned it first. Um, <laughs> uh, she... I'm not racist, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's how it read to me. I didn't read any further. Again, it's one where I read the first line and thought, ha, there's material Quite. here. Um, she has been seeing someone for the last couple of months and she seems really happy. It just seems like she's putting a new relationship onto my brothers and sisters without any consideration that we could... Uh, all be dealing with the news differently. My younger brother is 11, so I'm constantly worried that he's okay with everything. My main uh, big bear, which I think she means bugbear, uh, is this person has been buying things for my baby due in December. I understand that it most likely comes from a place of niceness and wanting to be accepted. However, it's really annoying that my mum's letting her do so. I haven't even met her yet. I'm obviously very protective and I'm concerned my mum thinks my baby will have a relationship with her girlfriend like she will. When it's not the case, she won't be a grand like my mum will. Um, I'm just looking for opinions on if I should get over myself and try and work on accepting that this woman will be in our lives or take a brave pill and tell my mum how I'm feeling even though she'll probably fall out with me 
Um, now, I have opinions on this, quite strong ones, because my dad is um, someone who was never really settled down. And I've had so many stepmoms over the years, like you, you couldn't count them at this point. At one point, he was going out with two different women named Sue at the same time. Um, and so <laughs> I have opinions. So quickly, if you could get yours out of the way, and then I'm going to launch into a little bit of a spiel. Yeah. John, after you. Um she has more of an issue with her mum being a lesbian than anything else. I think that probably winds me. This is where the issue really comes from, is the fact that the mum is a lesbian and she doesn't want to come out and say it, but that is the problem. It's not the problem of the stepmum, it's the problem that her mum's a lesbian and she hasn't quite dealt with that yet. Mm. And she's trying to vent in a politically correct way, but that's her issue. The yeah. real issue is that, in my opinion. That's why I'm reading from what you just said. I, I personally think that this there's a lot more to read into. This is a very complicated issue. We're not living mm-hmm. in the year 3000. I can understand that they may have reservations, even though they may not want to. It, it does feel like there's a little bit of pre- prejudice coming out. Um, yeah. But at the same time, imposition of someone new, especially for something so delicate as a new baby, may feel awkward. I've never been in such a situation, but I'm trying to read between the yeah. lines here. Did you just reference the Busted song, Year 3000? No, I don't ever. Welcome to the year 3000. Did you say we're not in the year 3000? And I, and I, oh, the only time I've heard of that reference is the Busted song, oh. Year 3000, which me and my friend used to do a really bad cover of oh. uh, at parties. Did you like for a joke. Busted? Uh, not really, it was just a bit of a joke thing. No, you uh, like Busted. Guitar. Um, but my, my opinion on this is that it's, 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 so I think when a, when a parent gets a, a new partner and you're about to have a kid, it's okay to set some boundaries and say, look, you know, um, uh, when the baby's born, I just want to keep things to close family for a little while. Um, and that's what I actually did when Emily was born. So my, my dad had left a, well, he, he, uh, yeah, he'd recently left a long, a fairly long-term relationship and he'd got a new partner and the new partner is still married um, at this day, like two years later, she's still married. Um, anyway, um, I, I know it's bad. Um, please don't judge my dad. He he tries his best. Um, and and I said early on, then you know, for a while, then then I don't really want her to be part of the kid's life. But I knew that she bought presents and she was involved. You just set boundaries that are polite. Um, and be clear um, and tell your Agreed. reasoning for it um, and say it's nothing to do with them as an individual but there's these these experiences we go through as new parents are very important to us and we want to do, want to go through them in a way we feel comfortable with and yeah. so it's okay to set some boundaries um, and make sure that things are being uh, you, that you're that you're comfortable because you have to be comfortable when you have a kid it's kind of about you yeah I, I think it's also about the kid I will tell you that my parents uh, are destructive forces in general and and when my parents are going oh you can't talk to grandma and grandpa because we're annoyed at them and stuff like that when you're i remember i i can tell you i remember it was probably 1986 when i had meningitis and my and, and i was three at this point my grandparents bought me the police set of the legos Right, and I remember it clearly, and my mum threw it away because my grandma bought it. And and I can tell you, I was three and I remember it. I was three and I remember it to this day. Whatever relationships come into a child's life at a young age, if it's a rough one or whatever it may be, you will remember it because I can tell you, I remember it. And this is why, like, for example, my mum, my dad are a bit of a mess. As I said, I, I said, you either are in a kid's life or you're not. They were trying to yo-yo in. And I said, no, you're either out or you're in. And they chose to be out now. So they don't actually talk to the kids anymore. But you can't mess with the child's life because, it's, yes, it's about the parents. But it's also how are you going to mess that child up with the relationships that yeah. come and go in the house? It's yeah. not cool. Yeah. 
Okay, let's move on to the last one of the day. And this uh, is from a poster called Bumblebee 151, which links up nicely with the Transformers earlier because Bumblebee is one of their famous hey. Transformers. Uh, and the um, the thread title is, Am I be- being unreasonable uh, to expect him to help out? Am I insane? Um, dear husband is working from home since March and will be until next year. During his lunch hour every day, he swans downstairs and out of the door to get himself a nice coffee and sandwich. I do the food shop every week and make sure there's plenty for lunches every day. <laughs> we have a toddler and a baby. I was on maternity leave, which extended into being temporarily laid off due to COVID. Aye, Is aye, it aye. unreasonable to expect that on his lunch hour, he might ask if there's anything he can do to help me out? Empty the dishwasher, put away some laundry, get baby's lunch ready, etc. Or is he just being a lazy ass? Is everyone else's husband just off the grid for the whole day while working from home, even on lunch? Yeah, he sounds like he's being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> what a cock. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, if, I, if I fucked off and went and got a coffee and then came back, Eliza yeah. will lose her mind. Yeah. Like, literally, she will lose her mind. Are you kidding me? But he, Mind you, I have very short lunches anyway, but I still go upstairs. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, and yeah, I'll come yeah. back to the garage. I mean, it's... But he's working from home. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's entirely unreasonable to divide work from home even though you are working from home yeah i know but yeah, I, I but know, that's I taking know. a piss baby yeah, and a toddler kids, yeah two kids baby and a toddler no yeah no you you are yeah you are right yeah you are, i think a mix of both like a, a healthy mix of both this is obviously not healthy no um, no it's not i imagine yeah. this is because romana listens to the podcast and you've had this argument I mean, <laughs> no fair, yeah we have we have indeed yeah. he's got a big pair on him just to swan out the door every day and yeah. down and be like hey yeah i'm gonna have a nice chilled hour you yeah. have fun yeah he's hanging low baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got confidence yeah he's, he's doing keepy ups with his testicles okay um so that brings us to the end of uh, episode 19 um and i can't believe that next time we'll be episode 20 we'll have done 20 of these things 20. It's Jesus. pretty good. I mean, I don't think it's not really a milestone, is it? Twenty. It's more like twenty-five or fifty. So we're not going to do anything it's to celebrate. Taking us a long it. time to get here. Yeah, <laughs> but we're in a rhythm now, doing them every week, which I think is is good for us and good for the show. So that's good to know. So as we mentioned earlier, we have had some correspondence. So if you want to write in, please do. The email address is overlyhonestdads at gmail.com. That's overlyhonestdads at gmail.com. Now, please also rate us, review us, subscribe, do all of that kind of nice stuff. We're really enjoying doing this show, and it will make it even more enjoyable if we have more people listening we'll get that by you guys rating reviewing and subscribing to our podcast tell your friends any any friends that you know who are going to be parents soon and might uh, might benefit from hearing some people talking honestly about their experiences and not the airbrush stuff that you get on documentaries or baby websites babies on netflix that fucking shit show yeah but honestly we tell it like it is and and i suppose that can be valuable to some people so if you like us uh, do tell your friends and give us a review um and yeah we'll be back next week for more of this bullshit um um and oh yeah we have an instagram account at overly honest dads um john posts some questionable memes um to that page including one today which is borderline as fuck um <laughs> but it's dark humor and we all find it funny uh well yeah it is funny but it is dark um uh, <laughs> i mean i'm not going to reference it here because i really actually don't want to reference it because it's pretty bad should but i play it <laughs> no no do not do that do not do that john no please I'm no joking, to be fair anyone that's listened this far is a diehard fan i imagine most yeah, people exactly. probably turned off a while ago yeah. um but anyway so episode one with one nut john <laughs> <laughs> so all that remains is for me to thank i'm not sure if thank is the right word but thank you magnus thanks guys thank you john Thank you, Matthew. Thank all of you out there. And um, and yeah, we'll be back again soon with more Overly Honest Dads. Until then, stay safe, be good, and we'll see you again soon.